Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Maximum Alternative Podcast. I'm Mike Parrish, and uh, my guest this week is Nick Wold of the band Dreamers, and he's kind enough to join us to answer some questions. Uh, and he's currently stuck in LAX traffic right now, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm driving right now back from LAX. I've seen, it, I've seen the traffic worse than this. A lot worse. I can't complain. Yeah, it's hit and miss coming in and out of there. So, uh, um, but uh, hey, we're here to talk about your music, and you have a new single out now, right? Uh, called "Die Happy," the song that's out at the, yeah. at the moment. I, I guess it, where I wanted to start question my questioning with you is your music is to me has grown more melodic, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of raw guitar in your early stuff, and and. Now you've you've grown into this nice smooth and and slick sound, but and I don't mean slick in a bad way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'd be bad at all. I'm always been um, obsessed with melody. I guess like the Beatles are my favorite, you know, and then Nirvana also. Yeah, obsessed with Nirvana, and they're all about both of those artists are just all about melody and harmony. So. I think that's something I've tried for and, and probably just gotten better at <laughs> over the years of writing, you know, hundreds of songs. We were feeling like uh, this record, Die Happy is the first song from our new record, our second album. We just feel like it's like a, a lot more experience. Like we kind of know what we want more now than we did when we made the first record. Right, and you're kind of you're kind of doing this in an interesting way as well, where you've released a few EPs, and so how much of that songs from those yeah. EPs are going to be on the record? Yeah, it's all kind of uh, the same like batch of writing over the over the last two years we've been as we've been uh, touring. It was going to be kind of a trilogy of EPs that would be the album. We ended up writing enough music that we just wanted to keep it going, so the album's going to be actually all new songs. <laughs> It's going to be kind of the third episode from the QEP, but it's going to be a full-length record. Oh, that's great. So it grew. It grew from yeah. the original plan. Now, I like that concept, and I think more bands are doing that today where they're releasing music along the way instead of just putting out a full album and here's our first single, here's yeah. our full album. You know, it's kind of, The internet makes that a lot easier than the physical world, you know, of music totally. used to. Yeah, as like a rock band and people who love grew up with rock music like we tend to think in albums but it totally makes way more sense now to do singles and EPs in like uh, especially young young people and young artists like I'm looking at Billie Eilish who I'm a big fan of she just does singles nothing but singles uh, and I even see myself when I get new music from an artist and I see a full length record I'm kind of like okay I'll listen to a couple songs if I get a four-song EP, I'm like, oh, definitely, I can do that, you know? <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of bite-sized, and it's just more fun. And in the world where you have Spotify and you have billions of songs in your pocket, it just kind of makes more sense to have a playlist, have a, a, get them a couple at a time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's older people like me, the internet changed music, you know, and it's interesting to yeah. hear, like, a new generation of of people coming up that, never experienced music the way I did. Like, do you have a turntable at home? Some, a lot of people still do, but do you have one? Yeah, I, so I, I've been living out of a suitcase and, and changing and moving around. I currently have a vinyl collection, but no turntable. <laughs> but yeah, I discovered like my dad's old vinyls in high school and kind of 
listening. It's, it's kind of irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to uh, Ricky Rackman podcast that he has about his days at the cat house. And uh, he was talking about how when he would DJ, like the DJs used to have to carry around those big crates of vinyl when they would go to the clubs. And so, it's, yeah. you know, now you just bring along a little little piece of uh, hardware, you know. <laughs> totally. It's kind of a magic in it. Like, I don't know if everybody says this, but just like I was in high school, I was really depressed. And I was like, kind of just locked myself in the basement looking for something and, I found like the Beatles and I found BB King and Jimi Hendrix and the doors, um, just from my, my parents, you know, old record collection. And it's just something special about finding them physically in this like old yellowed, uh, booklet and just having the sound actually vibrating off of a piece of plastic. I don't know. It's something kind of magical in it. And I realized after that this turntable was kind of busted that I was listening to and all the songs were slightly slowed down. Right. slightly deeper right <laughs> but I think I, I kind of like I kind of affected how I how I think about it about that music well it, it definitely changed like taking that piece of product out of people's hands changed the experience with music because it's exactly what I did when I was a kid you know it's you would go yeah. by the album you'd pull out the liner notes you'd pour through them yeah and our, our fans now like the the real fans who just love our band they will listen to a whole record and they will want all the you know lyrics we put all the lyrics and the liner notes and, and have a lot of artwork and videos they're like totally on board for that it's not like that generation can't handle an album but it's just for i feel like the the singles and the eps are better for people who don't know you yet and if you want to spread the word it's like you're not asking them to read a book you know you're just going hey check this out yeah do you uh, do you pay attention to your online presence and the look? Because your website has a pretty distinct look. It's got some like nice like flashing Atari graphics, you know. Um, yeah. Do you pay attention to that stuff, or do you leave that in somebody else's hands? No, absolutely. We we make all that stuff. That website we made right when we started the band, and we were just a couple of guys uh, on our own. We kind of wanted to show what what we mean by dreamers, like by having that name. Um, we talk a lot about philosophy and, you know, what we think artists should be. Like, as artists, we want to be the dreamers, the thinkers, the imaginers, you know, the, the makers of worlds and stuff. So uh, we kind of like to talk that philosophy as well as uh, showing that it's a double meaning between dreams, your goals, and also just the psychedelic trip that you have every night when you're asleep. So... We wanted to kind of just show that visually. That was that came out of also having no budget. We're like, why don't we make it like uh, Windows ninety eight? Uh, <laughs> you know, first internet browser site lost in time. <laughs> what was the first web product that you used? I'm slightly old too. My old band. I used to have a MySpace. You know, like MySpace band back in the day. But Dreamers is newer than that. Uh, we just had. I don't know, <laughs> we had a band camp. We made a website, and then it's just really been all Instagram and, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, my, my personal email address is still at AOL.com, so. Amazing. You know. Vintage. And I, I actually, Antique. I was actually upset when they took away Messenger recently. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so back to your music. You you actually went to school for music, right? You went to the Steinhardt School in New York. Um, what, yeah. 
what led you down the path to become a musician? Yeah, well, I guess I wanted to play saxophone when I was like two years old. Um, don't remember that, but I started playing saxophone in school, and you know, just kind of like um, did jazz. It was like a really competitive jazz um, thing at my uh, high school in Seattle. Um, I didn't think at the time that it was like a career or anything. It's just like kind of one trick that I did. But um, through that jazz program, like we competed in New York and like the national competitions. Like it was like Friday Night Lights of jazz. So I had a really good teacher. I feel like I just learned in that how to um, get good at something. Just learned the power of like hard work and practice and how impossible at first but if you just put in the hours day after day it starts to get easier and that became really salient um and the jazz also got me into nyu i really wanted to live in new york so that i went over to nyu when i was 18 kind of fell in love with new york city studied jazz kind of boot camp and music situation um but there kind of realized i didn't want to be a jazz musician and i was kind of disillusioned with that genre and how it is today i like jazz how it was you know a long time ago um and i felt like getting back to my you know my childhood roots of rock and roll and i felt like i could really communicate what i wanted to communicate to actual people and listeners and have them understand with that does that jazz training play into your music at all now like how does that fit in when you write i think it does i think in a lot of ways it can actually be a hindrance I know, like, so many music school students who try to make pop music, and, and it just comes out being way too technical and thinking about chords way too much and don't think enough about just the poetry of it. So I kind of had to do that. I had to try to kind of just focus on simplicity again and again and again because I could just be like, oh, I know these crazy chords that I studied, and it would get me farther away from just that pure kind of, poetry that to me like the Beatles are and like great uh, rock music is um, you know the Rolling Stones said rock and roll is for the neck down so I think it was just a process of me trying to connect with that which was fun because it was new and something else but I still had some tools that I could you know use I have like music knowledge which I definitely use all the time when writing but I also know like, the greatest rock writers don't have that so that i don't think it's necessary at all what do you like to do yeah. when you're on tour like do you do you find time to do anything or is your schedule always just too much travel and travel show travel show type deal pretty crazy yeah pretty crazy travel show travel show like we just got off a, an awesome all u.s run we were with fan yumi at six from england uh but some crazy drives. Like, if we had a day off, it was to do a 20-hour drive from Denver to Seattle, you know, something like that. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but you find you find moments in there, and it's like after being in a city, playing in a city five or six times, you start to then you really start to get to know it. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, I know this place. I can go there. I can do that. Um, and, you, have, you know, you'll find random hours here and there, and you'll meet so many people, and that's kind of one of the funnest things about it. It's just kind of a adventure you can't really plan ahead yeah i've gotten pretty good when uh people come to philadelphia and different musicians that are on limited time of giving them a good like 30 minute driving tour of you know all the, the historical yeah. stuff that's here you know 
and uh, nice. you can even throw a cheesesteak in there too if you want. So. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten some great cheesesteaks in my Philly days. Seen some Ben Franklin stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, yep. ventured out a little bit. <laughs> no, the, the history here is amazing. What do you have planned for coming up to it, like tour dates next? Yeah, so we, we have um, coming up in the next couple of months, we just got back from a tour, uh, and we're going to start doing the festival season. So we'll be doing a lot of fly dates, a lot of radio shows. Um, many as we can you know we have the new song die happy coming out of radio so we're like any chance we get to play uh, a radio show going this weekend doing one with young the giant and lovely the band in uh columbia south carolina so we'll be we'll be just jet setting around to all these and then we we just announced a big summer tour we're doing uh we're opening for 311 oh wow in uh amphitheaters yeah for two months all around the u.s well, cool. Uh, what do you do on social media? Are you big on social media, or are you that kind of not in your wheelhouse? Um, I think I have uh, one foot in and one foot out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tend to, I, I go between, like, you know, doing it obsessively, and, you know, I love how we can connect on it. I love how we can just make content and put it out, and uh, I'll go through a period where I'm like, I need to just live in the moment. I need to get off this horrible machine. So... I go back and forth. Yeah. Keep it good with the bad. All right. Well, listen, I know you're in traffic, and uh, I just saw a phone call from my daughter here that I probably should go find out what she wants. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to take up too much more of your day. But uh, new record, yeah, no so is there a street date for the new record? Do you know when it's going to be finished and out? Yeah, we know it, it is finished, and it's going to be out um, in the end of April. So I don't have the exact day. Okay. But, uh, right there in the end of april and we're gonna have two more songs out before then oh wow okay cool so you got a lot of yeah, stuff coming lot, oh yeah a lot of stuff coming a lot of videos a lot of extra uh fun fun surprises and uh yeah just can't stress enough how happy we are to just share this new album uh with the world and we feel like we've been kind of sitting on it for a long time and writing it piecemeal over the last two years of crazy life and touring so it's a it's a fun time for us and how much time do you set aside to uh, go and work around this record? A couple years of being on the road before you... I know you just finished it. Before you look at the next one, Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you like to write fast? Or do you like to... Let's live off this one for yeah. a while before before we do the next. My thought is just always be writing. It's kind of like uh, the next one is definitely already on my mind. And I think <laughs> we already have a couple songs for it. Um, so yeah, just kind of continuing this dive that we get to do because, uh, we came to play and we have the opportunity now that we didn't always have. So yeah, kind of just going for it. Yeah. Just constant just forward harder, motion. Faster, stronger, better, yep. higher. <laughs> yep. Just constant forward motion. Definitely. All right, cool. Well, Nick, uh, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate you uh, checking in, and um, hopefully I'll see you soon if you come to the East Coast or if I can find you on tour somewhere at one of these festivals. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. My okay. pleasure, and uh, we'll be in Philly soon. Okay, so, great. See you. Okay, thanks. All right. Bye.